Dear listeners, thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. In our first episode today, we have somebody with a very unique passion and someone who I hold in very high regard. Our guest today, Avinivesh Sharma, is a professional art conservator restorer working for the Tata Trust Art Conservation Initiative in the city of Kolkata. Hailing from Johar in Eastern Assam, Avinivesh is a heritage enthusiast, sketch artist, and someone who loves cricket, cinema, and food. Besides documenting, conserving, and restoring antique collections, he's often also found writing essays on heritage for newspapers, magazines, and blogs. But one of his most unique passion is that he had also started a website dedicated for, for digitizing Assam's forgotten past called Vintage Assam, where he uses photographs, artifacts, memoirs, and architecture to tell stories about the unique history of this state. Today, he joins us from Kolkata. And as we begin our journey, let us talk to him about culture, heritage, and his experience through his initiatives. So without any further ado, let us begin this episode. Hi, Vinivesh. Thanks for joining in from Kolkata. And I believe we might have some... Thank you for taking out of time to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe there might be certain technical issues, but yeah, that is how the world is working right now. So we'll move forward with it. So, so anyways, you know, I've always admired what you have done and, you know, what you have done so passionately uh, with regards to not only your conservation and your professional job, but also what you do with Vintage Assam. So why not start with your own... uh, Baby, the vintage assignment. Talk us through how you, what motivated you to start vintage assignment. Firstly, thank you for uh, having me here. I think it's a first episode, so yes, to go. And uh, I just wish uh, good luck to both of you with this fantastic venture. So, uh, talking thank about there is no particular eureka eureka moment in the sense that uh, you know it started then at a point of time, but uh, it was a very gradual process. I remember I was studying in Delhi uh, 10 years ago and I was doing my bachelor's and uh, I often met people from other parts of the country. They were fellow uh, classmates and they used to have this thought, uh, Sam and Northeast, which uh, is disturbing, disturbing in a sense, but uh, I, I took it in a positive light. Uh, I, I thought that why not kind of educate them in some, some way. And uh, discussing with my friends, I came up with this idea of a web portal, which will uh, be a retelling of Assam's modern history, but uh, not using archival sources as such. So not much of written material, which I thought of compiling myself, but uh, mainly through photographs, recordings, so, so mainly interviews in a sense, interviews, photographs, letters, and architecture. So it's all started uh, then. And uh, gradually, I think in the last five or six years, I've been uh, uh, traveling across Assam, collecting memories, taking interviews, collecting photographs, and, and telling stories which are compelling, but, you know, true. So that is how it... So, Avinivesh, from what I understand, you know, the, although there was no Eureka moment, the fact that you moved to a different city, you experienced a different culture. And then at the same time, you know... When you look back and the fact that, you know, the idea of our podcast as well, the idea that it's a chicken neck podcast, you know, the, the states in the chicken neck and the 
the way they are not really connected to the other part now it is obviously thanks to technology but let's say 10 years back or 5 years back when you had studied in delhi so that was obviously one of the factors that played a very significant role in you starting uh, vintage assam but also now that you have moved ahead of not just talk, looking into uh, it from assam's point or from cultural point but also you know documenting a lot of stories say let's say the culture of houses in assam the culture of different communities in assam so how do you think why do you think such stories and you know looking into such different aspects of culture is important started uh, i started uh, by cutting photographs so photographs were my entry towards you know into into assam's past then so i discovered a lot, lot of other sources so they used to tell me about uh, probably letters they about or probably an artifact uh, which became very important objects for me in a sense to, to relate to the past you know uh, identify with uh, a period that is uh, that was some some you know many many years ago but which i could still relate through those objects and and you know tell people stories through that became very important for me as as the objects is i think that through my through my travels through my uh, you know uh, through through the interviews that i took uh, of people that i met uh, in different parts of the sam so you know you, when you talk about this interviews and you talk about you know uh, going into different places and looking into their history right and you know drawing up from the question that i just asked you do you think that have you seen examples where such stories or such you know such backgrounds have actually helped people or reached out not help in the sense let's say making a big huge because it's too less a time of you know to make an impact but still have you seen small impacts or a, a moment which you felt you know which gave you the idea of continuing with what you were doing could you share a story so of that I, I i will for sure so uh, i am a professional art conservator restorer so before conservation comes it's very important for me to document it well any any objects any artifacts or any building for example so when i started documenting uh, during uh, the travels that i did for vintage assam i am such a fascinating people you know so and some wonderful story tellers and uh, it remains till date my most fulfilling experience in a sense uh, to actually interact with them and hear stories from them directly rather than reading about them in, in books so one particular episode that i often love recalling is uh, when i found photographs of an assamese man and his uh, burmese spouse just taken in rangoon in 1950s so it belonged to a nonagerian named uh, prodip kumar doctor who was bedridden when i met him uh, i remember i went to meet him uh, after i read his memoir where besides writing about his uh, long career in tea industry it also mentioned an interesting episode which was uh, soon after joining the industry mr doctor started saving money to fulfill a long time wish so it was to meet his estran's brother who had uh, run away to burma and settled there when he was a child so after spending a few anxious days in rangoon uh, he did manage to trace his brother who had been uh, who had by then assumed the name of mangthang and was staying in kewa in upper in, in upper burma it was a hair raising experience when i heard it from him i remember i i met him at his jorhat residence he was bedridden and he told me about that episode 
and I wanted to see those photographs. And I wanted to, I asked him whether he had those photographs, which he collected some, you know, 70 years or 60 years before when he went to Burma. And he told me that, you know, he had misplaced the photographs. But uh, after the conversation, when I came out of the house, his, his helper came out and uh, told me that she has a photograph. You know? And she she showed me the photograph and I was elated. So, kind of, it was so, so fascinating just hearing the stories from him and then finding the photograph, which I long wanted to, you know, uh, see. And then I did a story on, the, on on those photographs and, you know, about his travel to Burma in, in 1958, which was very, very special. And then I showed it to him and he was, he was, he was elated as well. So he was very happy that someone wrote about the story. So that is one story I remember. Second was uh, probably in 2015, I went to Tejpur to collect some materials. And I met a couple there in, uh, in, uh, in Tejpur, the heart of Tejpur, uh, Ruhini Ranjan Kolita and his wife. And uh, they told me some stories from uh, the war with China and how Tejpur had become at a point of time. And uh, just before the Dalai Lama had come to Tejpur market house, and it was Ruhini Ranjan Kolita who went to receive him first. Uh, after that episode, after I met them, I think two years hence, uh, Ruhini Ranjan Kolita passed away. And even his wife was bedridden. But his wife, I remember his wife told one of my friends that she wanted to see me. She wanted to see the guy who interviewed them. So that was a very special experience. I went from Guwahati to Tejpur and then had a chat with her. I spent some wonderful time about different things. That is something very, very special. I, I still remember that moment. So these are some very fascinating episodes that happened. Uh, Out of many, because I haven't recorded much, all of them, but these two episodes remain very, very special for me. Very, very, very interesting. In fact, you know, these are very interesting stories. And I, I remember while we were having conversations, you know, before before formalizing this, you were talking about the impact, you know, documenting or this writing stories on your website has, let's say, on the on the people who are, although from Assam, but they stay in different, you know, countries. This the expats, you could say, and how how they, while reading this, get connected. So, do you think that there is inherently also a very significant role that stories or documenting like this plays in keeping those people connected to their roots? Absolutely. I think uh, stories help because, you know, many people wish to uh, tell those stories that, you know, which they experience in their life, but are not able to for some, for some reason, probably for being away, for not able to write in a sense. Uh, but they always love people who say their stories in a sense. You know? So uh, when the old some type houses, when I wrote about when I told stories through old photographs, uh, people probably, in, you know, uh, I think it was in, someone, someone from Detroit messaged me that, you know, that is their, that is her parents that they saw, that she saw in the photographs. And she told me a lot of facts about that, that particular event. And, you know, more people actually wrote about it. We could connect uh, with uh, these stories. And uh, I just felt very, very nice. I mean, this also, you know, you you kind of answered somewhat what I next wanted to ask you about, you know, because my question to you was that given that even if, you know, even if I try to glamorize the idea of what you're doing, the, but the point remains that this is a very tiresome job. You know, you, you travel, 
most of it of course now you work with the tata trust but this idea of a vin- of vintage assam and you traveling to different places this is a tiresome job right because as student if you do it you have to look into the expenses you have to look into going there staying there and things like that so my question is that when you hear things like this like the instance that that you just narrated does it give you that sense of satisfaction you know that that is it that which motivates you to keep on working on things like this and what are some of the other stories that has you know let's say satisfied you the most through your work absolutely i think it's very very satisfying you know i've always been a very curious person so i love traveling and collecting stories and if possible i write them as well but uh, and my family has been very supportive they know that this person is mad you know <laughs> he'll just go to any length to collect stories but they're still with uh, you know supportive and uh, when i go and uh, collect stories it just i think the conversation that i have with people is so satisfying you know just to kind of listen to their stories is 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 is, is very very fulfilling for me but also it's not a very difficult uh, it's not a very easy task in a sense as you rightly said it's not it's tiresome in a sense you just have to think about the expenses you think have, have to think about staying somewhere uh, so all these all these things come into account but uh, the most difficult thing is when you're talking to a stranger you know so putting them at the ease uh, so it's a free flowing conversation is a difficult task anyway and people like to talk, talk about things that they can relate to and the interview has to be very very patient uh, as well as curious to listen to this to the two different perspectives in a sense on on things but once they are comfortable uh, they will churn out one memorable story after another and i have rendezvous with uh, people with varying tempers and attitudes you know but the conversations have been mostly productive uh, but my only regret is that some people some of them did not live to read the pieces that i wrote with the help of their narrators that is only that is one of my regrets but uh, it's very very satisfying I, i can tell you that just to have a conversation and you know look at uh, our past through their eyes and then probably you know yeah i mean yeah I, I... from what you said you know i i'd like to draw two points to it you know this this is often i think overestimated uh, especially when i see in other profession let's say in a profession like a legal profession the idea of networking is i i believe is always overestimated because there's they always see that there has to be a formal approach to networking let's say with somebody who is higher with hierarchically above you in that order or also the fact that you know we are all culturally different right so Absolutely. and this is what i you know i want to ask you next you know when you try networking as you said with a stranger you go i mean again coming back from our conversation you narrated the idea that every time you pick up a book you wanted somebody's autograph in it right so Absolutely. you basically go running to a stranger and try and make a conversation with somebody you have not known maybe 2 minutes back right and you want to know their history you know to know want to know their background and you have so that way i think uh, that is the first question you know how difficult is it sometimes and the second question is that you know even within this idea of uh, of assam that we talk about or northeast or even if i specifically talk about assam what people normally do not realize is that assam in itself is a very multilingual and multi ethnic society right we have so many tribes and not just with tribes we have so many different kind of caste and differences although we live among us all peacefully but you know when you look into history there might have been conflict as well so you know draw those stories out of conflict and you there you make people tell those stories to you how difficult is that experience you know with strangers and then allowing them to you know tell those stories to you 
so how, how is th- how is that experience because i find it very fascinating that it is uh, i remember one episode uh, i interviewed uh, a nigerian bimshan verma in in who was then staying in palkan bazar in guwahati uh, his family had come from uh, peshawar in modern uh, pakistan in 1914 so they were the early settlers of guwahati uh, of, of the palkan bazar area and uh, he told me a very interesting incident which made him very very emotional i remember that uh, they had left some belongings uh, in uh, in their native place and his father or grandfather had gone to collect them uh, during partition so the riots were at the peak and uh, they had to cross mahabhutra uh, and then go to 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 punjab and then you know uh, to to pakistan that is not then it was not pakistan of course but so that story where it narrated the the challenges the challenges that they faced and one of his uncles who were i think killed during that time was uh, you know made him very emotional and also made me very emotional because it was very difficult interviewing uh, someone at that level so that is one incident that i i particularly remember it's very difficult for for him but then he told me so many interesting stories after that and kind of we had such a wonderful conversation that uh, he soon forgot about it and you know it it became a, a treasure for me in a sense the whole whole, whole conversation including that uh, episode from the partition time so it is indeed in, indeed very uh, so i am pre- fascinating oh, yeah. so i'm pretty sure you know while in in this conversation as well you you might have seen how in spite of not being from our let you could say the what we normally consider as an assamese society his contribution towards assam you know we might have come across instances like that as well right so which again you know goes on to reflect how different societies live peacefully in a state like assam right absolutely i think even now, now i'm staying in calcutta so calcutta the making of calcutta the order makers of calcutta has not always been on bengali community they have been armenians they have been jews they have been parsis and even places like guwahati dibrugarh and jorhat has had uh, people from other communities they are, they are punjabis they are marwaris they have been, they have contributed a lot towards making of those places so even 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 the american missionaries you know for example so i think that that should be reflected in 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 my stories for example so never at the peace it should not be only about the assamese community it should be about the polyphonic society of assam which includes different different linguistic and and cultural communities entities absolutely absolutely i think i kind of sense you know where you get that idea of documenting stories now you know how how interesting it is and i i think i have repeated this a number of times while having the telephonic conversation as well but you know uh, tell me something now that you have been working in kolkata and we know culturally how how rich kolkata is right and and you also work as a conservator so your role there is almost even if not completely but it's very similar to what you did with vintage assam right uh, with collecting stories and going into places in that sense right so tell me right i think about the idea right right so actually vintage assam actually led me to this field in a sense so i when i realized that writing yeah. is not enough that things need to be conserved as well you know and you need to take an active part so along with writing if you are able to conserve things and restore things and you know uh, prolong their life for a, for the for future generations to see that is 
that actually will make your effort in a sense complete so vindya sam led me to this field to the field of conservation and i can say that everyone here so that's that's actually the thing that happened i mean i i'll come back to this to talk about how you correlated passion to your profession but you know i also had one sub question to it and the question being that through experiences in kolkata you know with conservation and looking into their history do you think how do you compare let's say kolkata to how the process of documenting and you know looking into things like conservation is done in assam do you think that there is still room for improvement or do you think both are at par i mean through your own personal experiences see the thing is uh, when i say to people that i work as a conservator most of the people in assam think that i'm a forest conservator so thinking that <laughs> conservator restorer or a heritage conservator it uh, is very, very difficult for them to imagine so it's a long way to go in assam but people are, have been doing it individually you know they have been collectors they have been uh, people who are not trained in conservation but they have conserved for example the sachipat manuscripts they have been surviving in assam for they have been there for centuries or or even photographs yes. people take they take the initiative of conserving them and keeping them in a good place all these are things that actually you know kick start conservation and many people play they have played a uh, very important role in uh, documenting things documenting buildings documenting photographs document documenting different archival sources so in a way they are contributing to this field and i've seen more people coming into this field i've seen more people coming to the field of conservation probably mostly in the conservation of uh, manuscripts but also there are people who are working on the conservation of other objects as well and uh, i think uh, in the future there will be more people coming to this field and you know ensure that our collection which is very very valuable uh, will survive for a future generation absolutely i mean I, i'm sure that your work and your peers work will will definitely work to motivate people more but at the same time from from what i at least sense and from whatever little i researched and saw was that i think there's a need for an institutional backing as well let's say new structural backing so that there more people come in because at the end of the day you know structure will provide you with maybe more possibilities through paid sources or maybe that is something i definitely feel i i, I would like to of course have your comment on it but there is something i i i think is the need of the art so what is your opinion i i i completely agree to your opinion i think what we need is expertise uh, technical know how and you know the access to the latest technologies which uh, in eastern okay. india is presently only in calcutta of uh, the the center where i work which has been uh, uh, supported by tata trust art conservation initiative and uh, we conserve a lot of objects uh, using the latest equipments that is being used in the field of conservation and assam and and northeast india in general has so many collection that needs attention and 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 you know we need to make people aware of uh, the need for collection care but it only happen with uh, the technical know how and that are needed for it and as you rightly said we need an institution to actually support that thing i mean just to you know drop on a short maybe inference that i had while while talking with you you know the the culture of preserving in normally what i see i think the institutionalization will also help 
the they're building a structure or you know building a mindset for conserving because it, this might look or seem very funny at the at the starting point but you know i i when i growing up while growing up i came across instances where you know if you saw old dilapidated house somewhere in assam there is always this tendency to say oh this is you know a haunted house exactly. and so the idea is always to stay away i mean the haunted house is of course a description given for a person to stay away from the house but rather than creating maybe an atmosphere where you can uh, basically go and learn more about who the house belong to learn more about the culture of the house right so i think that that is something which can of course be developed through institutionalization Absolutely. i think also uh, the institution plays a big role in uh, awareness and which i think we lack in assam so for example if you look at a old decrepit uh, building that's like a haunted house but that house might have had uh, an an in, uh, intrinsic historical value or or even the architecture may have been uh, you know a part of a very unique and rich heritage so that is that may have been a tangible heritage if it was maintained well that thing is a little lacking in assam but i think with institutional help and with uh, the expertise with more people coming out to uh, spread awareness surely uh, will reach a stage where we uh, actually care about uh, our, our tangible and as non tangible heritage absolutely absolutely that that of course will take time but i think i i just hope that things are in the right direction and you know that is what draws me to i think uh, the next question uh, you know because i'm sure if people are tuning into this episode they have something to do or they are at least remotely interested in what you do and your area of work so tell me something as to you know how do you go into your area of work you know i because i i would want people to know how they can go into this specific area so what do you have to say with this uh, regarding right? conservation yes conservation and you could i mean yeah vintage assam is of course a unique platform that is i i i believe honestly that it is a unique idea and not an institutional one but yeah with conservation what, what is your general idea with regards to that how does one become somebody some or do something like you are doing that uh, so uh, i didn't in history but i was trained in conservation but national museum institute in new delhi actually offers a, a post graduation course in in conservation in the field of conservation which people can apply for and then you know be trained in conservators and uh, work as a uh, uh, practicing art conservator so okay that that i i hope that is useful to people okay so yeah yeah so i mean wish you know before we end you know on the last few minutes i would want to know your opinion on how you know development plays a role let's say take the example you know we both belong from assam we have seen maybe even though we are whether we are situated in guwahati or not we have seen how guwahati has you know grown over the years you know Uh, how buildings have changed structures have changed how how the entire landscape in guwahati for example has changed right so development def- definitely also cha- changes the structure so how do you think people could you know develop at the same time conserve this area so what is your general opinion of this you know in the fast fast pacing world because we almost in a way you know in a general assumption it can be said that such special conservation maybe development 
might sometimes seen as an antithesis to conservation, right? Not not necessarily for somebody like you who specializes, but for mm-hmm. everyone it might. So what is what is your opinion in a thing like? I think the most important thing that we should remember is it's it's very natural for anything in this world to decay. So it will decay, but we just have to prolong the yeah. decay. So and and uh, moreover, there should be uh, you know the 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 institutions should in, take initiative of identifying particular buildings or particular um, places uh, which carry heritage value and historic value, and we should take the initiative of conserving yeah. them. We, we should take the initiative of keeping them intact rather than you know paving way for high-rise buildings as seen everywhere. So change is inevitable. It has to change. Yeah. The scale will change. The city scale will change. But uh, we should not be for. Uh, yeah. you know, we should not forget about uh, the things that uh, has survived as heritage. That remind us. That actually gives a character to that place. And uh, it's, it's very difficult yeah. nowadays because uh, you know a virulent sense of unreality actually grips me because I see bulldozers, you know, and, 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 and demolishing the last remnants of graceful and elegant architecture. But uh, and it's very difficult to actually yes. conjure up a mindscape of what uh, was and what remains. So it's it's very difficult to actually. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a heritage enthusiast. It's it's very. I'm very sensitive towards those things. But also I have to accept that change is inevitable. But you know there have has to be that awareness among people that there should be particular buildings, there should be particular things as part of our heritage. Yeah, I think absolutely. I completely agree to this. You know, so Avinivesh, uh, would you like to share? You know, before we end, maybe one last story because I'm pretty sure everybody, especially me, I, I was very impressed with all the stories. So, would you like to share one last story before we end okay, this so episode end, today? Uh, on a personal, Pro- probably a book. right. I I just end on a personal note. So recently during the lockdown, I just had this idea along with my brother brother that we'll yeah. be conserving our ancestral house. This is located in a village uh, some 30, 20 miles from Doha, and we just uh, plunged into it and uh, started. In spite of the things that happened in lockdown, we did. Uh, we were able to, you know, get carpenters and help us out. So we did conserve a, a part of the building of our of our house and a very special room called radio room. So this was the room which uh, had a radio. It had a bush radio. And that is probably the only radio in the entire village, and where the villagers flocked to listen to, you know, the news and cultural programs in 1960s and 50s. And the, in that particular room, a children's organization which we call Moina Parijat actually started. So the Eastern that was probably yes. the first in Eastern Jodhpur. Wow. And so uh, we had actually yes, grown up yes. listening to those stories, you know, about the Moina Parijat, about about the animals that have, were kept in the mini zoo at the at the backyard. So there were guinea pigs. There were There, yeah. there were two cubs, and there was a minor bird, uh, bird that that could sing Bhupen uh, Hazari's song. So all those things that we actually had to give a concrete wow. shape in a sense, not only but partly. So we involved the whole community, the villagers who had uh, attachment towards uh, you know with that room, uh, where probably they had spent many many hours during something stories, probably participating extempo speech competitions, dancing bihu. So we all involved those people. You know, probably many of them were over 60 and 70. So they came and helped us out, and we finished the first phase of the renovation. And now we, uh, you know, have a community library. So the library, the books that we could retrieve during that renovation, are now public. So children come to that place to read, 
to to you know practice other forms of art so that story actually remains very very special that happened recently of course but that we could in, involve the community in the conservation of a building was was and will remain very very special for me and this is such a wonderful story you know it just adds so much positivity to to the entire your duration of lockdown which i think you know this is why i like conversation and again coming back to the idea of this podcast you know to have better conversation and i'm just intrigued by the idea as to how even a negative thing like a lockdown could bring out such a positive idea and i think that that that, that is the reason we wanted you in the first episode you know to to give tell us stories and put a positive impact as to how uh, conversations can take place Absolutely. at and the end of the day conversations are you know? it's so very important i think it's it's yeah. undervalued but it's very very important just talk to people and listen to stories absolutely yeah yeah i mean we are all full of stories aren't we i just that is what it is like so yeah so on that note avinivesh thank you so much for joining it it was wonderful talking to you i think it's I mean, a real privilege i i would, thank you so much for having me <laughs> thank you i i wouldn't have had anybody else start of this this podcast so thank you so much for joining thank in so, thank you thank you so thank much, you so thank much. You so much.